Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. My guest today is Christine Shelton with Shelton Home Inspection, and we are going to be talking about home inspections. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Uh, before we get started, I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, Shelton Home Inspections has been in business about 15 years, and we also do have been involved in termite, the termite side of it as well, for almost 40 years. Wow. So termite almost 40 and home inspection about 15. Okay. And how long have you lived in St. Pete? Uh, I've lived in St. Pete my whole life, and Steve as well. So okay. we both born and raised here. We're about fourth generation. And what made you get into the home inspection business? Steve already had a relationship with a lot of realtors in the business through the termite side, mm-hmm. which we did long before we started the home inspection. So with that relationship, he kept getting asked by people, you know, you should consider being a home inspector. So he just started that process, got his license, and we just ran those businesses side by side for years okay. until we just decided to have the home inspection business with the license of the termite as well. Sure, because it's not unusual for a home inspector to also do a termite inspection as it well. Can, or wood it's destroying starting to become organizing. more common for people to do yeah. it, but for the longest time, so few Before. people did the termite that was done by a termite company and a home inspection company. Now more home inspectors are starting to get licensed and work underneath other termite licensed people. Okay, great. So, um, you know, I thought it would be important to talk about home inspections for a few reasons. One, for most people, a home is their largest investment, and a home inspection is an inexpensive way to investigate the condition of a home. Mm-hmm. Two, the four-point inspection will give you an idea if there are any potential red flags when it comes to obtaining an insurance policy for the property. Three, the wind mitigation inspection will let you know if or how much of a discount you are eligible for. Um, and also essentially how hurricane-proof your home is. Mm -hmm. Or what you could do to improve it. Correct. Um, And for the pest inspection or termite inspection or wood-destroying organism inspection uh, will let you know if there is any damage, activity, and or evidence related to wood-destroying organisms. So let's start with just the general home inspection. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what buyers can expect when they order one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a home inspection, I agree with you 100%, and I've said this to people a lot, it's one of your biggest investments. So Mm -hmm. to spend a little more money to get a quality inspector is really, really important because you're about to make a several hundred thousand dollar investment. So to spend three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars, depending on the array of inspections you order, that's really not that much to determine if this is a house you're going to make that type of investment in. So a home inspection is on average for a 1,500 square foot house for us roughly three hours. There are home inspectors that are in there less, but with Steve's attention to detail, being there that amount of time and finding everything in 15 years of business, it's important that we get everything so that we don't have problems in the end and then the homeowner or buyer can make a good decision. So a home inspection, the way I've always explained it is it's a systems and component inspection. We're inspecting all the systems and components of the home. 
plumbing, electrical, heating and air conditioning, roofing, structural, sprinkler systems, appliances, and all the intricacies of a house. I get people asking me all the time, what, how is that much different than a four point? One takes three hours, one takes 45 minutes, that's one difference. Mm -hmm. But the other difference is one is way more intricate than the four components of a four point. Mm -hmm. A home inspection tells you the condition of a home, a four point tells the insurance company the underwriting questions they want to know to insure the home. And if of those four main components, what's been updated and what hasn't. So a, a home inspection is much more comprehensive oh, yeah. than the um, four-point four inspection. Yeah. And I know that, you know, there sometimes home inspections and home inspectors get a bad rap for um, being too nitpicky or um, raising a red flag when there doesn't need to be one. Mm -hmm. You know, in my experience with Steve, he will bring up things that need to be brought up, but also allays the fear of a buyer to say, you know, this, this is something that I'm going to include in the report, but it's a simple fix, mm -hmm. or it can be remedied very yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing the home inspector should be doing is scaring a buyer. Mm -hmm. The goal is to explain to them what was found in every visible capacity that we can. If we can see it, we should report it. Right. If it's if it's broken, if it's disabled, if it's if it's simply not working, those things have to be pointed out in a simple picture. And as people read through our reports, we lay them out in especially our summary in severity. So in the summary, the the most important critical issues are at the top, and then as you go down, there's other recommendations and then re potential repairs. But the most important issues they're at the top. And um, so, and then all the detail is to follow. Mm -hmm. So the way the home inspection should be laid out is a way, that a factual piece of information with pictures, color, because to, with today's technology, there's no reason that a report shouldn't have quite a few pictures in it of mm -hmm. everything that was found. Mm -hmm. And when Steve finds an issue that's an error, he tries to put a red arrow right to it so you can mm -hmm. see it. And then pictures that are just of a label are just of a label. Um, so he tries to point out the issues for someone to pay attention to. Yes. And the four-point inspection was new to me when I moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I had experienced. It hasn't been around forever. It's definitely been, I'd say, 15 years maybe now. Okay. Maybe, maybe, I'd say maybe, maybe 10 to 12, actually. So for people who are unfamiliar with what a four-point inspection is, mm -hmm. how would you describe it? A four-point, uh, which has just changed and gotten more detailed now with more pictures and requirements, it's, it's the four main components of the house, plumbing, electrical, heating and air conditioning, and roofing. And it breaks down the type of, uh, what it's made of, and how old it is, and has there been any updates to it in those four areas. So that's the main part of what it does. Um, and then if there's any areas that fail, the insurance companies years ago never even used to look at your house. You'd call them and tell them what you had, and that would be the end of it. And then maybe you'd see an inspector. Well, nowadays they want this detailed report with these pictures, and then they still may potentially send someone out to make sure that, that for one, the report is correct, mm -hmm. and um, that it is in passing condition, because it is a pass or fail inspection. So if you fail it, then you should have those areas fixed that failed, not to say that a homeowner or buyer can't get insurance these days, because they can. Mm -hmm. It's just the insurance companies will put exclusions on those areas that fail, 
and then the buyer may have to take care of those things later to get full coverage. And so. you may be having to pay a higher premium yes. because you have areas that are substandard to right. the insurance company. Exactly. So in terms of plumbing, areas that fail are examples like polybulane pipes? Well, the one I probably would use would be the hot water heater. Okay. Um, if a hot water heater is flush with the main living part of the house, if it doesn't have pressure relief valves mm-hmm. or if it doesn't have PVC pipes that are called C PVC pipes, which are, which are conducive to handle the hot water, mm-hmm. um, and if they don't have a relief valve and they're on the main living floor, if they burst, that's a massive homeowner's claim. Mm-hmm. So if it's a step down in the garage, there's different parts of the hot water heater that will fail versus pass. Right. So um, something like that, or leaky valves underneath the sink, or valves that don't turn. Because if you're in your house and they don't turn, mm-hmm. if the water pipe breaks, you can't turn it off. Right. So that's why all these different things have been added specifically in the plumbing area. You know, in the roofing area, it's things like if the roof is damaged from wood rot, wood mm-hmm. decaying fungi, then um, that's going to deteriorate the roof and it's going to get worse. Right. So these are the kind of things in the different areas that they're looking for. Or if it doesn't yeah. have a certain amount of life left in the right. roof. Right. Insurance companies are looking for at least three to five years. They want more than three. More than three. So if we okay. put three or, or, or less, they're going to be coming out telling you to replace the roof. So it has to be four or more. Okay. Yeah, and certain insurance companies, if you say even four, they're going to send somebody out more than likely mm-hmm. because they want to make sure that they that they agree with the home inspector. Sure, and, and then with electrical, we're looking at panels mm-hmm. because I know that there are certain panels that insurance companies won't even um, insure, like Correct. the Zinsco and Sylvania. There's about eight or nine of them. Yeah. yeah, and they're also looking for hot wires or wires in the attic that aren't in junction boxes. Mm-hmm. So there's exposed wire. Um, they're looking for and um, aluminum wiring. Mm-hmm, aluminum wiring where they can put alumicons to make them yep. pass. Um, a knob and tube or even cloth covered wiring mm-hmm. um, not so much knob and tube anymore but occasionally we still find it because we have a lot of 1910 houses in this area so they're right. still there and is all the wire gone right if it's active in any way then that's going to come up if it's inactive and just there and it's just dead wire mm-hmm. that's okay because sometimes they don't pull it all out they just you know but as long as if it's active in any way then it has to be Right. I had a situation. I was working with buyers who were under contract on a home. The home inspection showed that the home had aluminum wiring. It was built in 1974, which is pretty common for that, Mm -hmm. a home built at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, through several negotiations, um, these sellers had agreed to put in alumicons. Mm And um, the the buyers actually fell out of contract, waited, the home was on the market for several months, and then they came back under contract. And the new listing agent gave me an updated uh, home inspection, mm-hmm. four-point, and that four-point showed copper wiring. And I asked, had the home been rewired? Mm-hmm. And was told no, that it had not. Mm-hmm. So... We had their original inspector go back out mm-hmm. to make sure that alumicons had been put in, had been put in properly. Yeah. But, you know, that was... Electrical is the absolute hardest part for any home inspector. 
whether it be a four point or a full home inspection, it's the hardest part of the test. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest part to learn. And it just takes a lot of experience on different, so it just depends on the experience of the home inspector. Yeah. Um, Steve's a master home inspector. That's the highest you can get. You can start at an affiliate and get to be a candidate or and move up into the, you know, you have to complete over 250 inspections, way more than that actually, to become a master inspector. But the electrical is the hardest. So any two home inspectors going into a house, depending on the experience level, they could find different things. Yeah. And at, that just does happen. So then you got to bring a professional in a licensed electrician to make the right discrepancy clear. And with the Illumicon, it, it can be very tedious because you have to put it not only at the, the panel, mm-hmm. but at every outlet. Every fixture, light uh, yeah. fixture, outlet, everything. It's, it's yeah. expensive, it's tedious, but, you know. Right. You, you don't want to have sure a fire. It, exactly. Yeah. And then, um, so we talked about plumbing, or AC. What are the... Uh... ACs, there's usually not as many um, issues in that. I'm just trying to think of something that maybe if an AC was put in where it's not braced mm-hmm. to the oh, pad that yeah. it's on, the bracing has to be there. There's certain coverings that go over the, the, the pipes and mm-hmm. the wires to it. Um, that's probably about all I really know about the air conditioning And whether part. or not your hurricane pad is elevated if you're yeah. in a flood zone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but there's not usually as many things that come up there, but that's one that I usually hear about is the bracing. Okay, yeah. So because we are in an area that potentially can be hit by hurricanes, mm-hmm. you have to have your air conditioning unit strapped to a hurricane pad. Mm-hmm. So for this podcast, some people are listening because they're thinking of moving to Florida. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that we're talking about things that may not pertain to them where they're currently living but um, are unique to Florida right and what's nice also too about the four point today that's nice for not only us but for the insurance companies and for the buyer and everybody looking at this report it used to look like a home inspection and there was tons of variations of it out there Mm -hmm. now it is a uniform form just like the wind mitigation is a uniform form yeah the four point is a specific form with specific questions and a layout that makes sense and is clear and easy to read Mm -hmm. and then pictures below so it's just it's much better it's better for everyone now that that form is uniform. Yeah, and that just happened within the last September couple of years. 2018. Right? Yeah, so not everyone needs a four point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're buying new construction, you wouldn't be required to get Correct. a four point. But when would you recommend someone get a four point inspection? When a home is 25 to 30 years old. So I used 25 years. 25 years or older, they should get a four-point. Okay. And that applies to single-family homes and townhomes. Does not typically apply to condos. With condos, the rule is 40 years. Okay. If the building is 40 years or older, your insurance probably will ask for it. There's a lot of variations there as well. I just tell people you should contact your insurance agent, give them the address, see if they're going to need it. But on single-family homes and townhomes, which are considered single-family homes, sure. they should get it 25 years or older. Okay. And then that leads to the wind mitigation inspection. And again, for us, they're looking at how, how you know, how a home can go survive a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the um, impact if you have impact windows, mm-hmm. if your if your roof has straps or mm-hmm. a certain clips clips or the nails are. A certain, a certain width spacing, apart. Right, right, yeah. So there's two main parts to the wind mitigation, the roof and the openings. 
the roof, as you mentioned, there are several parts to it, clips, straps, second degree water barrier, which is a peel and stick that they put below the shingles um, that give it a second barrier for water. Um, the dimension or the roof geometry, is it hip, is it gable? Right. What, cause how's the hurricane gonna flow over it? Mm-hmm. So if it's a hip roof, hip's the one that typically gets you a higher discount. And then the openings protection rule is an all or none rule. Right. So if all of the windows and doors are impact rated, you can get that discount. If even one is not, then you don't get it. But you could fix that, and then right. the home inspector can come back out and update the report after you've done that. Right. Is that all three or four of those things can be significant? And you discounts. can have shutters that go over the mm-hmm. windows. You don't necessarily have to have the impact windows if you have the shutters, correct? Correct. correct. Um, certain types, there's very specific types of covers that are acceptable, not just plywood. It can't be that. It has to be very specific things. And the holes have to be in place. The the attachments have to be there so the inspector can see that they can be thrown up at a moment's notice. Yeah, but to your point, that discount can be significant. You know, sometimes people get thousands of dollars back in checks and call us going, oh, my God, if I'd only known that I could do this. And people forget when they get a new roof. You need a windmill. Right. And I just had a lady call me today that had inspect her roof put on over a year ago, and she forgot to call me. And she's mm-hmm. like, I just remembered. So she's going to get her windmill, and that'll be a significant discount. Yeah. But with new construction, I'm glad you brought that up, because with new construction, yes, you get the, the new roof discount, mm-hmm. but not always do you get the impact, which depending on the year exactly of construction impact rated doors and windows should be there but are they because sometimes they're not right so you should get that done and checked and get get the report in that case even in condos the HOA will have a building for the roof Mm -hmm. they'll have that wind mitt Mm -hmm. so you can get that from them and get a discount but if you have impact rated doors and windows in your condo or have them installed or shutters that's a wind mitt discount the the homeowner should get okay for additional discounts and condo I get calls on condos all the time that we can go out and they just had them all installed and that's another discount that people can get. Yeah, that's a great Even tip. if their neighbors don't have it, if they've had it done, mm-hmm. they can get a discount. And the opening protection includes the garage door. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about oh, yeah. that. Um, but Skylight, it's every side single, door to yeah, the garage. Sliding glass. glass. Is it impact rated glass? Even yeah. side paneling to the front door that's glass, that has to be impact rated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then that leads to the pest inspection, mm-hmm. um, which is commonly known as the termite inspection, but really is for wood-destroying organisms mm-hmm. because it could be termites, it could be carpenter ants, it could be fungi mm-hmm. caused from water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not carpenter ants. Carpenter ants don't actually eat wood. Okay. They just nest in damaged wood. So it applies to all different categories of termites. And it applies to water damage, which okay. is the wood decaying fungi. So that's why it's called a wood destroying organism report, because uh, water damage, wood decaying fungi destroys wood. Um, so the termites, of course. Yeah. So and mainly subs subterranean termites and dry wood termites. Those are the main ones that we see. But mm-hmm. we also see wood boring um, wood boring beetles, oh, wow. which that they create like a powder that when that's found or discovered by a very experienced inspector. That takes even more gas to kill that type of a of a, a bug, a wood destroying organism, versus a dry wood or a subterranean. Those two take. Uh, in fact, um, dry woods are killed with fumigation, tent mm-hmm. fumigation. Um, subterranean termites can be killed with a liquid treatment or the centricon system, which is an in-ground baiting system. Mm-hmm. So, as a termite inspector, we're completing the report and telling the buyer 
damage, activity, and evidence related to wood-destroying organisms. And then with our experience, because we, were in the pest, we had a pest control business for 31 years, that we can tell them what treatments would be necessary. And most, most termite inspection companies can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have references of people that we would refer them to depending on what the problem is. But something that's not acceptable during a, dry, a wood-destroying organism abort, as far as a treatment, is a spot treatment. Mm. That's not acceptable because a buyer's getting ready to piece, purchase a piece of real estate. You can't just put a Band-Aid on it. Right. It has to be wholly treated. So that's why tent fumigation is the recommendation there. And for people who aren't from Florida, you know, termites may be a scary topic for yeah. them but yeah. I think the mantra here is it's not a matter of if you have termites it's when mm-hmm. you're going to get termites just because right. of the amount of water right. that we have if for someone who's not knowledgeable of termite or termite damage what it looks like what is something that they should look out for Well, people will see um, granules, looks like coffee granules. That's an indication of dry wood termites, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're active. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pellets, once a termite has, termites have infested a home, those pellets are going to be there forever. They're inside the walls of the house. So that those, those pellets are just basically termite droppings. Mm -hmm. So um, in an older home, which we have here in Pinellas County, if someone slams the front door, those pellets can fall out. That does not mean that there's activity. Activity would mean there's swarm wings in the windows and they kind of are oily and will roll up in your fingertips as opposed to break up and when you move them, they just break apart. Those could have been there for years. Okay. Um, but wings in the windowsills usually indicate drywood termite activity if they're fresh mm-hmm. because termites swarm to the light. So that's why you typically find them in the, in the windowsills. Okay. Subterranean termites... They come from underground. Dry woods come in from the air. Mm-hmm. Subterranean come in from sub underground, and they'll come in through the plumbing voids, and they come in via mud tunnels. They okay. travel through mud tunnels, and then they travel up a concrete wall, for example, until they find wood, whether it be a truss in the attic or beams in the walls. Mm-hmm. If it's a wood frame house, so there's different. That's why there's different treatments for those two kinds of termites. Mm-hmm. And then a fungus. That is basically two things. If there's, if there's wood decaying fungi, you have to stop the water source first. So if it's a lack of a gutter and it's damaging the side fascia, install a gutter or do something that's going to bring the water away from that area so that it can dry out. Once it's dried out, you just cut out the damaged wood and replace it. Mm-hmm. Either completely cut out that section or if it's a small section, you could break out the bad wood, putty it, paint it, seal it, and it's done just depends on the severity of it. But for the most part, you have to stop the water source and then you have to repair the damage. Okay. And then are there ever times that you recommend other inspections such as a mold inspection or radon? Uh, Radon, Steve used to do that years and years ago. It's not as common anymore, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing it, especially in a house that has a crawl space underneath Mm -hmm. where there's a potential that there could be something under there seeping through the floor. So it's not a bad idea to do it, and it's not crazy expensive. We do not provide that service, but it could be done. People do still do it around here. Um, As far as mold, what I tell people is if you're hyper, hyper allergic to it, and you need to do that type of testing, do it. Mm -hmm. But as a home inspector, we don't test walls. 
for mold. What we do is we'll come and do the inspection if we see signs of mold, meaning a stain or something that's black or something that lo doesn't look right, then we can use a thermal imaging camera and look into the wall of that area and see if there's a potential busted pipe or if there's something more going on. I mean, Chinese drywall was a big issue for a while, depending on the year of construction. Right. So we could look for signs of that. And we, we did find a house down in the Bradenton area that had that, and it was basically all along the bottom sections of the walls. And the person was getting the house for such a fantastic deal, they, they got the house and cut all the drywall out and got rid of it. Mm -hmm. So it can be done. Um, but as far as mold inspections, if we see a sign of that, mm -hmm. then we would recommend a mold inspector. And we have a full referral list of people that we've worked with for years that are um, plumbers, electricians, mold inspectors, seawall people that we can refer our buyers to to have a resource of someone they can trust. Is there anything else that you can think of that we may have missed? Um, we do specialized inspections too. Like, for example, if someone has felt like they're construction or their roof installation or their plumbing work or their demolition reconstruction was not done properly mm -hmm. and they are not confident with the construction person's work and they want it checked and want a written report because they potentially might go after them. We have done stuff like that. Okay. Um, we've gone in and looked at situations where definitely the roof was not installed properly and we were able to do a written report and they could provide it to the to the roofer to get fixed or provide to their attorney to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, so we do provide specialized inspections like that. And even new construction is using us today for in two, for in two circumstances, one before they close or after they've closed before their one-year warranty has run out. Okay. So people are calling and saying, you know, can you come take a look? And we found cases where the slope of the house was wrong, for example. Mm -hmm and the water was coming towards the house then away from the house. Wow. And we've seen wood floors pop up and different things that, just simple things like that, like sloping is a, is a big deal. Yeah. Even, I think you'd asked me earlier about French drains mm -hmm. before we started the podcast. And French, when homes aren't sloped properly on the exterior, not just the concrete, but the ground, yep. it's gonna force the water under the house or towards the house and then away from the house. Mm -hmm. So installing French drains or re-leveling or shaping of the exterior sloping can fix that problem. Yeah. If the house is in a terribly low-lying area, there's not much you can do about that. Mm -hmm. But if it's a sloping issue and the house is typically elevated properly, you can fix the French drain. That's something that Dr. Curb Appeal does. Yeah. And that's something that he can do to help fix that problem. And I always, even if you're buying a, a home uh, with new construction, I always recommend a third party home inspector yeah. because I had on every new construction home I've sold, which there aren't a lot in Pinellas County, mm -hmm. uh, but certainly in Hillsborough and Manatee and Pasco, the, the surrounding counties, um, Every new construction home that I've sold has had something that needed to be addressed yeah. that was found by a home inspector. Yeah. And home inspectors, and for our benefit, your benefit, the buyer's benefit, and the builder's benefit, we don't want to go in when the house is not ready. Correct. We want to go in when the house is done. Yeah. So, I mean, little things missing like a doorknob here and there, as long as we agree, that's just not something that's just obvious that that's missing. Mm -hmm. So if the point of it is, is to look at some, look at the major things. Right. So that they can be dealt with before closing or at least within the warranty period. Yeah. In one situation, there was duct work, whether it was twisted or, or not run to mm -hmm. a room, mm -hmm. 
there was one room that wasn't being cooled at all. Mm-hmm. And so... Or an AC was installed in the attic and a truss was cut. Yeah. I mean, those, we see those kind of things. I think builders have gotten more and more uh, honed in on that problem. They don't do that too much. But I've seen older construction where we go in to do... Maybe not even 10 years old, for example. And they'll install that, the um, air conditioner, up into the attic and have cut three trusses. I mean, that's that's really important that you don't cut the support to that roof of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You have shared a lot of great information for people who are buying a home and and what to expect from a home inspector. Good. Thank you. So thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com.